1: Fans, and welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining me again this week as we inch ever so close to the NBA season. And unfortunately for us Bulls fans, we've become all too familiar with conflating the upcoming NBA season with some injury news. And I say that, of course, as it was announced last Thursday that sophomore forward Chandler Hutchinson has sustained a hamstring injury and, as such, been ruled out indefinitely. This obviously sucks for Hutchinson, who missed a good chunk of his rookie season through injury. But for us fans too, it's not the news we want to be hearing in the lead up to a new NBA season. And I wish I had better news to discuss with my guest today. You all know him from his own Bulls podcast, Ball on Bulls. And more recently, as one third of the Bulls outsiders, he's big Dave Watson and he's joining me now. Dave, thanks for coming on, man.
0: Thanks for having me, my friend. I appreciate it.
1: It's been something I've wanted to do for, for quite some time, and I feel kind of bad for it playing out this way, although the fact that we're up to episode 86, I think, of Bulls HQ and I haven't had you on, so forgive me for doing that, mate, but I've always wanted to have you on because I've always, in my own mind, um, I, when I read your tweets or when I listen to you on on your podcast or on The Outsiders, I, I like to refer to you uh, internally at least as the uh, the sane version of... I'll see Red Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because, um, you're typically one of the more optimistic Bulls fans going about there mm-hmm. at the moment, I would say, and I like your positive spin on things, but I feel like I'm more confident in you persuading me to the, uh, to the lighter side of things than our friend, uh, Fred. <laughs> so I like to call you the same secret, Fred. Let me tell I, you, I mean, that is a compliment, by the way. Oh,
0: oh, I take it as nothing but a compliment. And <laughs> it's, it's something I've actually told to Fred because Fred, <laughs> I tell him all the time, he and I are always on the same road. But then yeah. we come to that part, you know, where it's a fork in the road and Fred keeps going <laughs> straight and, and and I like to get off. I'm like, nope, this is the exit. I'm off. I'm gone. You know, like Fred, don't you want to get off with me? No, I'm gonna keep going, Dave. I'm gonna keep going. And that's exactly what it is. Like for me, it's it's logical optimism. You know what I'm saying? Like it's OK to be positive about it, but I'm not ridiculous about it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, you're smart enough to hit the brakes, whereas Fred's driving over that cliff. So, uh... <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yes, he is. He definitely is. But I love it. <laughs> but look, him, man. <laughs> but uh,
1: look, I'm glad you're on. But uh, look, as I said from the outset, I wish you were on under better circumstances because we got handed the news on Thursday, actually, just before the Bears game, even that uh, Chandler, Chandler Hutchinson had sustained a hamstring injury. There wasn't too much news surrounding it, I suppose, other than he was ruled out indefinitely, which isn't great. So. Uh, I, I guess it's not the news we want to be hearing. I know a lot of fans, at least, have, have mentioned to me in my mentions or through DMs or whatever it may have been, that it's not necessarily a, a major thing to worry about given it's only a hamstring injury. It's not a serious injury. It might be a three- to four-week injury depending on the severity, I suppose. But at the same time, Hutchinson missed the bulk of his rookie season, I guess, through injury. It was only just coming back. and You, you never really like to hear a young player missing time to uh, to injury time that they could be spending in the gym and getting better at their game something Hutchinson obviously needs to be doing so i don't know do you, do you, how do you feel about this injury more generally because like i just said you're you're one of the more optimistic Bulls fans when i heard the news i was a bit devastated because uh, I, I, as i typically am maybe because um i guess uh comparing it to what we sort of had to go through with Larry at this time last year again Mm. I just didn't want to see another incident even though Chandler Hutchinson isn't necessarily the same Mm. level of player but how did you take the news um
0: kind of a here we go again uh thing I I understand people being sad and, and upset about it because of what you what we typically go through with this team like it seems like every year at the start of camp something like this occurs whether it's uh self-inflicted like Bobby Portis and Nico or whether it's just a freak accident like you mentioned with lori marketing or whether it's um not being informed on the injury like Denzel Valentine um so when we heard when we hear words like uh indefinitely that's a com- sadly a common word you know what I'm saying among Bulls <laughs> yeah. fans so we're used to hearing that now it reinforced something i have continue to say and i will always keep saying that the entire training staff and medical staff should be gone i've been saying this for a couple years like they are the common denominator outside of guard packs of course they are the common denominator as to why i keep complaining about something when you know these guys could just continually get hurt and continually have these injuries like i don't understand how they have that kind of resume and continue to stick around because that's actually something that uh the front office can control they can say you you know you guys can go home i know guard packs is you know a whole nother issue but those guys they can be replaced you can bring in better medical people you know when your key uh, uh people when your key players continue to get hurt and continue to go down so when i heard it it was more of the same for me and just was like you know can we please do something about this staff and it and it's honestly it probably not it isn't even their fault. I'm just tired of injuries, and I'm I'm just sick of injuries. Now, they say it's a hamstring injury. You know, I get it. But like you said, when you hear that word out indefinitely, we don't know what it means. Because if you remember last year, Denzel Valentine was supposed to be out a week or two, and, yeah. and then yeah. that turned into an entire season. You know, so I I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not you know going crazy yet. You know, what I'm saying I'm tripping out. My first thought when I saw it was you know what it's uh uh training camp starts at the beginning of october we'll see what he looks like if in a month if he's still not doing anything in a month then i will understand everybody's panic and and everybody you know wanting to go crazy about it so i'm just gonna wait until that training camp comes around in october and see where we're we're at there but i definitely want that staff going i want them out of here man like today (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean that's a really good point actually because in the uh, the uh, the postseason presser that Paxton ran, I think one of the things that he mentioned was the fact that he would like to see the Bulls players back into Chicago in their own building as soon as possible to have them training under the under the guise of their training staff, obviously their medical staff too, and obviously they, a lot of them have been back for a while. But I think things officially kicked off, not necessarily training camp, but a lot of them were back pretty much last week, and and we get this news. That Hutchinson blows out his uh his hamstring, so that's not ideal. Particularly if he did it in Chicago's building, which I guess sort of lends to your point that what's going on from a training staff, from a medical staff perspective. I mean, like you said, this could have been something that's not avoidable. It could have been it could have pinged anyway, but uh, still, yeah, it's I, I understand your pain in that regard. But I guess the reason why it was slightly concerning to me is because it's, it's sort of proved uh, not proved, but we already thought that the bulls wing depth was going to be a problem heading into the season. And to, to sort of see one of the guys that is typically going to figure in that rotation, get hurt already. And like you said, Denzel missed basically all of last year just despite it starting off as a, I guess, somewhat of a smaller injury, at least mm-hmm. that's what we thought it was going to be, right. but now seeing the same thing with Hutchinson, who is probably going to be the backup three, maybe right. the backup two, depending on the rotation, mm-hmm. to see him hurt now, it kind of just makes that wing depth issue become more prominent than what it seems. So I guess that's where my concern lies more than, yeah. than Hutchinson himself, I guess, if I know. That, I know that kind of sounds a little bit evil, but uh, that, that's where so, sort of no, my uh, my feelings were about the situation.
0: No, you're right to feel that way because that is definitely the concern: is that wing depth, and not even that. We saw last year that he actually can play some four like actually eat up some minutes at the four like if anything crazy happens i'm not saying he's going to be out there you know be, being a world beater or anything like that at that position but he can hold he was holding his own at that four position when he was out there playing in that rotation so playing three positions on this team and a guy who can do that is very important because a team that is lacking depth in that one wing department like he, you know that he was what he was going to come in and do as far as you know where he could play and who he was going to play off of um coming in to help Denzel valentine coming help to even help kobe white like even developing some kind of little chemistry with him in the summer league is helpful you know those little things are helpful so kobe can recognize already how he moves and how he does his thing and, and the game he needs to work on and things like that so you already saw he put on some size if you saw him in the summer league he got a little bit bigger he was working on some moves you know that he was trying to get better at so yeah, you don't want to see this. It's definitely a setback. So when you start off with Wendell Carter Jr. having surgery and then you hear that this man is going to be out indefinitely because of a hamstring. A hamstrings, you know, linger. Like I don't I don't want to get uh yes, to doom, doom and gloom on it, but hamstrings definitely linger. They only get better with rest. Like they don't get better when you just keep playing on them. So, and that's a second lower lower leg injury for him also because last year, you know, he hurt his foot and boiling for some reason <laughs> wanted him to keep playing on that foot, and he had the best game he had ever had, and then was out for the rest of the year so yeah it's it's just so interesting and it's so weird um that we keep going through little things like this, but I'm not gonna freak out i'm just I just can't bring myself to <laughs> i can't I can't bring myself to do that just yet because nothing has started yet, and nothing is solid and and it also helps. Because I know, like you uh, said, he's he's kind of, he's the, he's a bench player. You know, he's not Laurie Marketing. You know, I freaked out when it was Laurie Marketing. I was like, yeah. oh, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I don't want to hear. So hearing that, okay, I'm like, okay, he's going to be out. We got to get better at some depth. Uh, maybe there's some other guys that they might have their eye on that they could bring up. Like those things you can kind of patch until he comes uh, back. So, but you don't want to see it because he's part of that uh, eight man rotation That you know, off, to start it off.
1: Yeah, definitely. And look that's why I called you the same C-Red Fred because he made good points. We probably shouldn't be going off the deep end just yet because, you know, he may be back by training camp. He might be back by the start of the season. But you made another good point, the fact that hamstrings typically tend to linger if they're not traded properly. I mean, they can pop yeah. pretty easily again. So yeah, yeah. hopefully hopefully, it's not too much of an issue. But whilst this sucks for Chandler Hutchinson, uh, more broadly, again, I want to touch on the wing situation, but what, what, how do you feel about the ball sort of in this day and age, where the league is hell bent on playing as many as as many wings as possible, sometimes three, sometimes even four wings on the court at one time, the Bulls kind of only have four guys that you could trust in a rotation on their roster, really. And obviously, Ch- Ch- Chandler Hutchinson being one of them. But the way I guess the Bulls have gone about countering that is by bringing in a whole bunch of point guards. With some of those guards you know, sliding up to the two, sliding up to the three. Uh, T- uh, Tomas Sadaransky, he can play some two, he can play some three. Kobe White will probably play more two, in my opinion, than point guard. Mm. Shaq Harrison, who we'll talk about a little bit later on, he, he'll he probably play some two and three. He won't play playing exclusively point guard. So I, 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 that's the way they've kind of gone about it. But how do you feel about the Bulls sort of countering? this league going to big dominant wings all over the park, maybe not necessarily dominant, that's maybe a bit of a stretch on my part, but having threes or four sized guys at across two or three positions where the balls are sort of gone, having having point guards, maybe some shooting guards scaling up to that small forward, maybe even power forward position. How do you feel about that approach?
0: Uh, I can't say that I'm against it Uh, because I haven't seen it yet. So I can't mm-hmm. say whether I'm, why i like it or i hate it i do like the people they got i do like the people they have and another guy we keep we always forget to mention thaddeus young he's another one um that we bring in you know for that kind of help on that on that wing playing that three and playing that four so i don't i don't know it's that's a great question because like you said the league is going a whole different way and the bulls are like yeah we're gonna try this one out and see how it works because nobody's really a pure point guard on our team that we have there's no real just like you're a point guard that's it that's what you do you run point there's no like Kyrie Irving you know what I'm saying Run on our team right now yeah um Kobe Kobe White obviously he's trying to develop into that point guard but he's not a pure point guard and that's okay I don't I don't mind that that's that's okay because there's no one way to win like once somebody wins a certain kind of way just like any other league everybody's gonna you know be a copycat of that and try to do it that way so I'm I don't mind them trying something new, seeing how it goes, seeing how it works. If this improves the scoring, if this improves the defense, you know, if this if this allows Lloyd Marketing, you know, to have that big year three that in my mind that he's going to have. If this helps Zach Levine become that All Star that I believe he's he's going to be. If this helps Wendell Carter grow in his game, you know, then I'm all for it. I'm okay with it. I I don't have any issue with it. But it is strange because the purest point guard you have is Chris Dunn. And he's not the best at that position at all. So it's very interesting to, and I just can't wait to see it. Even in the preseason, I can't wait to see it and and how it's going to look because unlike football, you can't really mask what you're going to do in the preseason in basketball because you've got to run those plays. And it doesn't matter if anybody sees them coming or not because it's basketball, you know, like you're going to have to run those plays. You're going to have to see, how it's going to work. Everybody's going to have to get acclimated to the offense and the play calling and things like that. So I also like the fact that, and also another reason I feel this way, I would say is because of the assistant coaches they brought in. So I trust Chris Fleming. Like I trust him. Like the things I saw him do in Brooklyn, especially for D'Angelo Russell, who also is not a pure point guard guy. Like he can play the two, but what he did for him at that position out of nowhere, D'Angelo Russell was running that team and was an all-star last year. And and deservedly so. He was quite awesome. So, and just to look how that team moved, and they had just a you know a bunch of big guys that had some nice wings, you know, in LaVert. They had Joe Harris. Uh I can't remember my man with the Afro's name, but his Afro is amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they had Ed Davis, you know, they had guys that, you know, were big and and they had that depth at those positions, but nobody was really pure at you know what I'm saying at playing just one particular position outside of Ed Davis. So yeah I'm I'm interested to see it because I trust Chris Filaming I trust Roy Rogers. So I'm interested to see what it looks like and how it's going to work.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned that you trust the assistant coaches but not necessarily Jim Boylan. So oh, well. he,
0: no he hasn't he hasn't earned that yet. Like he has to Good. earn the trust I'm glad you said
1: that. I'm glad and you said
0: that. I tell I say this all the time about Jim Boylan. Jim I want to feel about Jim Boylan the coach the same way y'all feel about jim boylan the man yeah because i love jim boylan as the man he is an awesome individual matt and i got a chance to meet him and speak to him for like 20 minutes incredibly engaging uh straightforward straight shooter like he we we had a conversation when we were talking about you know starting as bulls outsiders and matt was saying other things that we we should have and we should be doing and i said to man i was like well no dude we got to earn it this our first year like we they shouldn't give us anything like we got to earn this jim boylan looked at me and he said now that's what i like to hear (laughs) 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 and you know so you know that's that's the stuff jim Boylan likes is you know (laughs) that grit that grind and that kind of thing man and he's just very personable and engaging and wonderful person but I don't feel that same way yet about him as a coach because I watched him last year. When you have four people on the court and you don't recognize that Felicio is in the backcourt, who's the biggest <laughs> dude on your team, yeah. he's, and he's back there and you're at half court, well, you're not supposed to be, you're at yeah. half court <laughs> coaching and you don't recognize you only have four people on the court, that's a problem. When Doc. Yeah. Rip- when doc rivers and the phoenix suns coach don't like you that's a problem coaching is a fraternity when doc rivers is like yeah i've never seen anything like that ever doc has been around basketball since since he was like three years old like you know what i am saying? he's like no i've never seen anything like this before when the when the uh phoenix coach walks out on you doesn't even want to shake your hand like you know what i'm saying because it's your fault and things you did and of course when i don't even want to get into the you know things he says because some of those you're like what are you talking about man but Yeah, he has to earn it first for me. Like, the same way he wants his players to earn it, he's going to have to do the same thing. He has to earn it. Now, Chris Fleming and Roy Rogers have earned it. I've watched it. I saw it. They did it. They earned it. So I can't put that faith in you and the faith in the three-year contract when I ain't seen you do it yet. So when he does it, I promise you I will be riding for him because I love him as a human being.
1: No, fair enough, man. I mean, that was a, that was an impassionate speak, and I'm glad I uh, I'm proud of myself for finding that little spot in you that got that passion to come out. That was, that, that was awesome. That was a great rant. <laughs> and, and Look, I totally agree. This is not a pro Jim Boylan podcast, and um. <laughs> so. But having said that, I'm prepared to, um, I'm prepared to rework that if he does prove himself this upcoming season. Cause he, I've said this a couple of times, but he holds the keys to this season as to how good or bad this Bulls team will be. So hopefully he's ready to, uh, embrace some change and listen to those assistant coaches. But coming back to that wing position, cause I think this is going to be critical for the Bulls season as well. Do you think, maybe not now, given that Hutchinson may be back for training camp, may be back for the start of the regular season, but assuming this was to come back, be it for Chandler Hutchinson or even Otto Porter or Zach Levine, who in their in their past as well have had injury concerns, so hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing happens to those two guys because right. the Bulls definitely need them. But if something like this was to happen early in the season, be it to Hutchinson, Valentine, or, fingers crossed, not Porter or Levine, mm-hmm. do you think that escalates a potential Chris Dunn trade in the sense that the Bulls have five point guards on the roster. It seems like the Bulls have been doing all they can to move on from Dunn already. Right. If they were to lose a wing early in, in, uh, through injury and try to sort of force some of their point guards into that shooting guard position or even small forward, do you think that escalates the potential trading of Dunn to someone else to bring in a, a similar, uh, yeah, I guess a similar wing in terms of stature around the league?
0: Um, it definitely kicks it into overdrive. Um yeah. I think. I think I think they're already looking for or have been looking for uh, uh trade partners for Chris Dunn. But you know, the Bulls, they they want they just want to make the right deal. And that's usually something that is something I usually give them credit for. Is, you know, eight times, nine times out of ten, they're they're gonna make a the right deal. Now there are plenty of examples of them not. Of course, you know, you could look you bring a Cameron payne in here, <laughs> things like that. Like they're pretty examples of of them making, you know, bad decisions on a trade, but I trust them because they eight or nine times out of 10, they, they do a very solid job of getting stuff back. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how they pulled that off, but that's pretty good. Or, you know, these little shrewd moves, you know, to clear three uh, extra three mil or extra two mil and things like that. I like that. I like, I like those things they do, but so I-, I guarantee you, that's probably the hold up on Chris Dunn because that's the only logical reason to me as to why he would still be on this team. He, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I should go over <laughs> like the things he did last year. You were just scratching your head and saying, "What's going on?" And it doesn't bring me any pleasure to speak ill of Chris Dunn because I was a huge Chris Dunn fan coming out yeah. of college, and I was big when he got it. And uh, I mean, when we got him, I was, oh man, I was going crazy. I was like, "Yes, we got a point guard. Chris Dunn is awesome. He made an incredible pass in Minnesota. I still haven't forgotten that because I've never seen anyone do this pass." and i was like he's gonna come here he's already got chemistry with zach levine you know what i'm saying he could build something with laurie all right bet this is gonna be great and then i realized that he didn't have the one thing that i love my point guards to have and that's that huge brain and he didn't have that he he runs one play and that's that pick and roll he can run that pick and roll to death and that's it now after that he, he really has got nothing for you you know he can't run an offense he can't point out where everybody needs to be he can't see three plays ahead. He can't look down that court and make that right play. You know, like those things bother me, you know, as a point guard and it, and it showed uh, last year, more so than the previous year. Cause in the previous year, I'm also going to say, you know, he had more room to operate because it was all on him and it could be all on him. So he can make up for some of those mistakes by just, you know, scoring and, you know, coming through in the clutch, which he did a lot that season in the fourth quarter. But, when i just need somebody to be that point guard and say oh laurie marketing's got a six foot tall dude on him maybe i should give him the ball in the post and no and he says, he said no nah, i'm gonna take this three and, and you know that that's drove me insane watching that man <laughs> drove me insane watching him not give laurie the ball in the post and and that's why I loved Auto Porter Jr. so much when he came in, because he immediately recognized, oh, you have a seven-foot-tall, talented dude down here. Let me clear everybody out and give him the basketball. Like, yes, Otto, yes. Thank you very much for doing that. So that drove me crazy about Chris Dunn, saying I didn't know that if I knew that they wanted me to work on my shot, would have worked in my shot in the offseason. That's that's a crazy thing to say. Um, I started off having his kid, you know what I'm saying, taking those couple of days off, which I have no problem with but then coming back and getting hurt immediately. And then mm-hmm. you're out yeah. for like four yeah. to six weeks again. Yeah. So yeah, all those things added up. It just was a terrible season, but it also showcased the shortcomings that he has for the offense that they're trying to run. Like you can't be that kind of point guard and be starting in this league. You just can't, you can't be that way. Um, Coming off the bench, he'd be great, but I'm sure he doesn't want to come off the bench. So if you don't want to come off the bench, then I'm, you know, going to get rid of you. I'm gonna try to find a, you know, a uh, uh, a way to get myself a trade and get back what we need in here. So I think the Bulls just waiting to find that trade that they like and then they'll make it. But definitely, if something God forbid if something happens, you know, to one of those players, oh yeah, it, it's gonna kick into overdrive as far as Chris Dunn and and uh, getting him out of here.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It, it just it just reads like the Bulls aren't interested in keeping him it seems like he's waiting to be gone almost which I guess kind of sucks for him but it doesn't look like the Bulls will bring him back next season on a new deal obviously he's entering the fourth year of his rookie contract doesn't have an extension on the table already so it would seem like there's going to be a parting of ways at some point it's just probably a matter of time but I just wonder if an injury maybe escalates that it probably will but hopefully we don't get to that situation but another Bull that will be I guess parting ways with the team is Antonio Blakeney. I want to talk about that in a second. But before we do, let's tell the listeners about this week's sponsors. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. But there's one problem. Guys just keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married, they have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 50 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Bulls HQ listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering BlueWire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing, if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BlueWire to activate the offer. That's promo code BlueWire. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Alright, back to the podcast now, and I mentioned it just before, but Antonio Blakeney is no longer a bull. The news just came through the other day that he and the bulls will be parting ways, so. The Bulls are uh, electing to r- get rid of his guaranteed contract, which was kind of surprising to me because it's not something they typically do. They don't like to leave guaranteed money on the table. It's <laughs> certainly something yeah. uh, the Rhinestoffs don't like doing. But yeah, Antonio Blakeley no longer on the roster. Kind of makes sense the, the team needed to get to 15 guaranteed contracts. And I guess this is one way to do it. And uh, Antonio Blakeney is now gone. So I'm not necessarily against that. I certainly wasn't an Antonio Blakeney fan. It just the way he played just irritated me endlessly. But um having said all that, Dave, what, how how did you feel about Blakeney as a player and um will you will you feel his loss at all?
0: Um well first of all while you were saying that I'm sitting here pumping my fist because yeah, <laughs> I was I was happy that he was gone. Seriously. Yeah. Um and yeah, man, like everything you said is, is correct. I just completely agree with that. Cause Antonio Blakeney last year I had a nickname I came up for, with him for him I should say and that and that was going up because every time he came in the game that ball was going up. It didn't matter what was happening. I don't care if you're up by twenty, down by twenty, needed a shot. Antonio Blake, it was going up. Okay, I don't care where he was shooting it from, but it was getting shot. Period. That ball was going into the air. How do you have more shot attempts than passes? Like that's that that's insane to me. Like that he that's insane. Like you know. Not even assists, passes. You know, like that's <laughs> that's that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like giving the ball to someone else, like that's a, a normal basketball thing that you do. And I mean, he liked to shoot the ball, but he didn't shoot it well. I don't mind you liking to shoot the ball. I don't mind you wanting to go ISO. You want to do that? Great. Carmelo Anthony made a career of it. I mean, and a bunch of other players. But if it doesn't go in, then we have a problem, and that is the issue. The ball would not go in the hole now, and it just magnified his other shortcomings on the court you know not not knowing where to be on the defensive end um not playing really great defense either you know like there are so many antonio blakeney uh missteps i mean i'm sure there are like things on youtube you can go watch and just watch him mess up along with like a cameron Payne being terrible montage you can watch the same thing as far as antonio blakeney now the problem is he would have flashes and he would have flashes where you were like okay all right i could see something like that because chris my, my my uh podcast partner on ball on bulls always says he doesn't like getting rid of people who can create their own shot now i feel him on that but if you create your own shot and you miss it it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying like if you're shooting 30 percent from the field you know it doesn't matter like you're only hurting your team you know when you're doing things like that when you're not hitting that open man who's cutting and you don't see that, you know, those things don't matter. If you're not showing the coach that you're working on your game and you want to be in the game and you want to play and not just saying, no, I'm playing this way and that's it. And I don't know if that was said. I'm just – it felt that way. You know what I'm saying? It just felt that way to me when I would watch him play. Like, nope, I'm doing this way. When everybody's saying, no, bro, like, you should try this one out. Like, don't do that. Nope, nope, still going to do it this way. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like that to me. So – and that's why, you know, because he was in the doghouse for a while. Um, with Coach Boylan. So, yeah, when I heard he was gone, I was I was like, bet, good, fine, get him out of here. It's okay because he doesn't hurt anything on on this team. Uh, in my opinion, he doesn't he didn't hurt anything going forward. I don't feel we were gonna we lost anything, or you know, I think we more gained something. You know, just by him not being there. You know, now I'm like, okay, bet I, I gained a roster spot. You know, what I'm saying like it's a spot open. I can get somebody in there. Let's try somebody else out. See if they could do it like that. Now he was in the G League, he was killing people. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was awesome. He was G League MVP. Like, he scoring leader, I'm saying. I'm sorry. He was the scoring champion in the G League. Like, you couldn't stop him from scoring because he was the best player on the court. And that's fine. But in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Nine times out of 10, you're not going to be the best player on the court. And he wasn't. You know, even off the bench, he wasn't the best player on the court. But in his mind, he was. And so he was going to play that same kind of way because that's the way that got me here. And that's hard for a player to turn off. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm understanding of that. But the problem is, bro, it, it wasn't working. It just simply wasn't working. The shots weren't good. The shot selection wasn't good. Uh, the recognition of the game within the game wasn't good. So yeah, I have no problem with him being out of here. I'm cool with it. Going up can go home. I'm, I'm all right with it. I hope he lands somewhere else. I really do.
1: All good points. And I completely agree with them all. It, I, I do feel like it is an addition by subtraction, And it's funny because we spent a good portion of the show talking about the the need for wings that this Bulls team has. And I guess Antonio Blakeney, I guess, is that. He is a wing, but at the same time, I, we sound contradictory to the point where we're saying we're fine with a wing being off the roster. But for all the reasons <laughs> why you mentioned, it makes complete sense. So yes, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with this news. I, I kind of feel bad because I'm sure he's a good guy and all that, but I didn't want him on this roster. And I think a large part of basketball is just... The team that has the, the the most smartest guys in the room is often the team that wins. I mean, there's obviously mm. more to basketball than just that, but... It felt like last season that the Bulls were carrying too many low IQ players. And unfortunately, Antonio Blakeney, his game style is that. And I mean, to your point, the guy liked to jack up shots. And he had as many field goals as passes, as he sort of mentioned there. He had actually, yeah, the, the ratio between his passes and field goals is actually ridiculous. Crazy, <laughs> so, man. yeah, yes. him not being on the roster is actually productive. And I don't want to spend too much more time on Antonio Blakeney because he probably doesn't deserve it, to be honest with you, but <laughs> I guess- Yes, it was some noteworthy news in September for the Bulls that he will be gone off the roster. The roster spots, in terms of guaranteed rosters, will go down from 16 to 15. So the Bulls kind of look locked in for their roster spots at this point. I mean, we can talk about the fact that maybe they should have another wing on this roster. Maybe, maybe Shaq Harrison or Archie Diakno or someone else could have been a wing but I mean we've done it we've done and dusted that topic to death at this point but I guess the the news is that Antonio Blakeney is gone and the fact that you mentioned that he was a leading scorer at one point obviously in the G League but that sort of segues into the next point that I wanted to make which was around Zach Levine and there was an interesting article Dave that I'm pretty sure that you caught on the ringer there where DJ Foster of the Ringer actually posited the idea that Zach Levine could potentially be the NBA scoring champion next season. So for the the listeners who haven't gone out and read that, I would recommend you do so because it was an interesting read. And DJ put forth his reasons as to why that may be in the cards for Zach Levine. But I wanted to bring that topic here and discuss it more broadly on the podcast. But Dave, what did you think about that article up on the ringer about Zach potentially being the scoring leader of the NBA next season. It seems like a a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah. For me, it was definitely a big deal for one, just to have the bulls on a positive recognition, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. On a national platform. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just to have something positive being said about the Chicago bulls. I was very excited about that because usually that, that is not the case. And sometimes rightfully so. Um, but when I saw it and I thought about it, I said, that's not completely insane. You know, I could kind of see what's coming from. I don't agree with it. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think, uh, you know, you're looking at James Harden, you know, and I'm sure that I, because I didn't read the entire article, but I'm sure that maybe part of his reasoning is, you know, James is playing with Wes Westbrook and things like that, you know, so that might, you know, kind of counteract or something like that. But Zach Levine leading league in scoring. I don't know if that means that Lori marketing is going to do what I want him to do this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just don't know, you know, I'm not going to, cause I, I can't say if it's a good or bad thing. I can't, but I just, I will simply say, I don't know because I plan in my head, Mark. Now this is just me talking. I want Lori marketing to be the best player on this team. I think we go as far as Lori marketing goes like his game and the way he plays. Like when Zach scores 40, For me, it is not as impactful as when I see Laurie score 35 and 12. You know what I'm saying? Or Laurie scores 28 and and 15. Because when Laurie gets the ball in the post, oh, he's going to the foul line. Like, he's getting calls. Zach doesn't get those same calls. You know, you see him complain about it all the time. But when Laurie is in that post and he'd make those moves, he that whistle blows and he goes to the line and he's a really excellent free throw shooter. And that slows the game down. You know what I'm saying? That gives you time to set up on the defensive end. When that ball comes back in It gives you time to set up your half court deep, whatever you want to do. And Boylan is, you know, loves defense and things like that. So playing through him, I think actually helps the bulls now. And i and it's, ridiculous to say right now for me because zach Levine is incredible <laughs> zach Levine <laughs> is awesome man like he is just great to watch like how can you not want to watch somebody like that be great on his team and how do you tell somebody to that is that good to say you know what kind of pull back a little bit on it um we i we had a guest also on our pod uh from finland coach uh, christian Paloty. And he kind of was touching on the same thing about that. Cause we were asking about Lori and he said, well, he thinks Zach should kind of scale it back a little bit because of the offense. He thinks that Sadoransky is going to be running and you know, with Lori, because Lori, if you notice that watch Lori's game, Lori cuts, you know what I'm saying? So if you find Lori when he's cutting, that, that's the easy two points all the time. And Sadoransky will find you, you know what I'm saying? When he's cutting Zach, just like, give me the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like give me yeah. the ball. Let me be great. And there's nothing wrong with that because when you give him the ball, he shines, he does his thing, but I don't know if it helps or hurts this team yet. You know what I'm saying? But Because I want to see it in action and I want to see, um, how it works and how it plays together. Um, Zach Levine leading the league in scoring. I'm going to just say, yeah, I'm with it because there's something positive about the Chicago bulls. And it's not completely insane thought because he scores at a very high clip shoots at a really great percentage really great three-point shooter he really is but some sometimes some of his basketball decisions that i have issues with but that's but that's you know something else but as far as scoring he's got arguably either if not top three he top two quickest first steps in the nba because when he makes that move on his first step i have yet to see anybody stop him when he goes when he at that top of the key and he makes that first step and he's gone you either gonna foul him or he's gonna score period but the problem is it's just not going to happen enough times, you know what I'm saying, in the game uh, for him to do that because teams are going to obviously catch on and, you know, going to double team him. And Zach does have a tendency to turn that basketball over. Uh, we saw it a lot in the fourth quarter. Like, for some reason, the fourth quarter, he just likes turning the basketball over. It's, it's how it happened. So uh, do I want to see it? Sure. If you don't want to see Zach being leading scoring, yes. I'm not going to say no to a player on my team being the best scorer in the nba will it be conducive to my team winning that i don't totally know yet that i don't totally know i just want to see it in action and it's only strictly because i want to see what it is with laurie with auto and with wendell what that's going to look like first so
1: no i mean they're all good points but this is where we kind of diverge and where our general mindsets I think it's it's an interesting it's it's a nice little microcosm of how we think about things a little bit differently and this is why I wanted to have mm. you on because you do bring that different view to me and I think that's it's good for me to hear because initially when I sort of saw the headline and even after I read the article I was like I don't know if I want Zach Levine leading the team in scoring or being it not necessarily leading the team in scoring but being the leading scorer in the NBA because mm. I do have some serious questions about what that means for the rest of the team and my initial thought when I saw that headline was oh, did did Larry Markeran get injured or did Arie Porter get injured <laughs> or what went wrong for Zach to be able to shoot that many times for him to average 30 points? And mm. that's not necessarily a knock on Zach because I thought he had a great season last year and was super efficient in a terrible offense and didn't really yes. have those offensive pieces around him to help him even. So I, I guess there is scope for him to be a better scorer next season or the upcoming season given that he'll just be playing with better players, but... To your point, I kind of, I kind of don't like this spread. I, I just wonder what that means for Larry markenham But here's the take for you, and it's something that I'm, it's something I'm workshopping, and something that I might be bringing out a little bit more uh, during this season. But I understand that a lot of Bulls fans see Markinum as that primary offensive piece, and I think that's completely reasonable to to view that view him as that or hope for him to grow into that. But at some point, does, doesn't Larry need to take that away from Zach Levine rather than Zach just handing that to Larry Marketing? Because my biggest issue with Marketing at this point is that he's not, he's not aggressive enough for me. And I think he sort of sits back and just lets, lets things unfold to a degree that you probably don't want from a primary option. Whereas Zach, to his credit, I guess, goes out there and tries to, tries to be that lead alpha guy. And I guess that creates its problems in itself, but in my opinion, I think Larry needs to, to take that mantle from Zach rather than Zach handing it over to him. But uh, what do you think about that?
0: Wow, that is a great question. Um, taking it from him or handing it over? Because I don't think Zach is going to hand anything. It doesn't need to be hostile, saying? by the
1: way. I'll
0: put that there. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> because that, I, that's not in Lori But it's, 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 I don't think it's in Lowry his nature to just be like, I'm the man. I'm the best player on the team. That's it. I don't think yeah. that's in his nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that's a product of, of how he grew up in the style of game that he plays. He's a yeah. kind of a team-oriented kind of guy. Yep. And he wants to pass the ball. And you see that when he's out there. Like, he's just finding the, the right space to be in. And then when the ball goes up, he's going to the bucket to try to get the rebound. Like, you just see that, you know what I'm saying, when he, when he's playing and things like that. So, yeah, but I want him to be that guy. You know, I want him to be that man. And... I can't tell zach Levine, the dude who wants to be the man and who's did a pretty solid job of it to tone tone it down a little bit and, and you've seen the workout like zach is coming for blood you know like zach is like nope i want to be on that level and be mentioned with everybody else and Lori is just like sure you know <laughs> he's like sure why not uh, okay if it's if it happens sure because he's team oriented and he wants the ball to move and and things like that if if you ever watch laurie you know overseas games and things like that which is when i really kind of fell in love with laurie marketing was watching him overseas yeah it it clicked for him there that he was the man and it i don't i don't know what changed and what what happens because of that maybe because well he did have a really great point guard on their team um but he would get that ball and i mean he would score on you and he would talk to you about it he would tell you he was scoring on you he's going up dunking on people like he was just making those plays i was just like oh my goodness like yes give me this human being and you saw it in that february you know what i'm saying that that wonderful month of february that he had when he was averaging 26 and 12. i mean he just kind of got it he's like yeah okay i get it and now part of that also was his coach flew over from Finland and, and was with Lori during that month of February. He, he spent some time with Lori and and I guess told him a couple things, but it didn't totally click for him, you know, the rest of the season and, and maybe his injury or what? I don't know. I don't know. But this year I need to see February in October. You know what I'm saying? I need to see it in November, December, and all these other months coming up because the jury's still out on him and rightfully so people are, have the jury out on him and aren't, you know, over the moon about him yet as as much as I am, and as, you know, I'm sure as much as most Bulls fans are. But I think, man, he I think for them to be that kind of team, bro, like he has to be the dude. He has to be that guy that I'm like, okay, Lori, take us to the promised land. Now, and and it's it's so strange to say because you you have Zach Levine. You know, what I'm saying like you have this kind of guy who won games for you, Zach. Zach provided me with two of my greatest moments in the past two years, and that was both when they beat uh, Jimmy Butler in, in, in uh, the Timberwolves and when they beat Jimmy Butler in Philly. He yeah. had incredible games. Yeah, Like, he knew the moment was huge, and he loved it. And he couldn't – he was reveling in it, and he loved every second of it. Then he scored 37 in that first one and, like, 40 in the second one and hit the game winner in both of those games. Like, it was – oh, man, dude, so – I know how much he wants to be that guy and how much he wants to show. But, man, dude, it's just it's something about Laurie, man. It's something about his kind of play and his kind of freakish style that he brings to the game. A dude that big that can shoot like that, that has that kind of basketball IQ, is, is really, really rare to find, man. You know, it's super rare to find, and I want to harness it and see you know if he is that guy and that's that's why this year is so important so yeah man that's it's that's a great question though bro that's a really great question
1: yeah i look i mean everyone wants to see larry be great and i certainly want to see him do that but i think that was the encouraging thing about february forget about the results the team went 500 during that 10 game stretch that was impressive in itself Otto looked great obviously that helped unlock things but two things that made that month so good and you sort of touched on both was we did get a allowed an aggressive version of larry that month that's why he put up the 26 and 12 and that's why he looked like the man but more importantly he and Levine coexisted very well to the point where Zach was kind of happy, sort of getting, uh, getting Larry involved in the game. Yeah, so yeah. I think that was the more, most encouraging part of Feb- that February sample. The fact that they were, those two as a unit were able to combine and work together pretty seamlessly. And that hierarchy of who was the primary guy, who wasn't, didn't necessarily exist. And mm. I guess. That's what, that, I want Larry to be that Lowry. I want that Larry to take those sh- shots away from Zach because I don't think Zach's the kind of guy that's going to necessarily fight against it, particularly if someone like Markkinen's making the Bulls a better team, which I think I think Zach unfortunately gets some negative press at this point where oh, yeah. people see him as a selfish player. And, and I guess his offensive style can be selfish to a degree, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between being maybe a, a selfish offensive player and, and then being a selfish teammate. And I, I don't think he's the latter. So... I guess I just want to see Larry take that mantle from Zach before Zach necessarily arrested at this point.
0: Yeah. And, and to add to that, another thing that happened in February was auto Porter jr. Yeah. And when you bring in a guy who, again, like I said earlier, recognizes, you know what I'm saying? Mismatches and recognizes uh, where Laurie and Zach need to be and gets them the ball and knows where to be. And, and it's actually a threat so you can't leave him, you know. You have to, you know, be on him, which what does it do? It opens up the lane, you know, it makes it things a little bit easier. You can't double team off of certain guys. And his basketball IQ for me is is not talked about enough because the way he can see, you know, his vision and the way he can see things happening on the court, you know, three steps ahead, three plays ahead. He he has that. Cause I saw him do it, especially in that February. It happened. And so I'm just excited. That was huge. That was a huge part of it man cuz he's okay being that guy who will sit out there and you know and take those shots and shoot those threes and hit them too of course and score 18 a game but he's also very good at running uh an offense and recognizing mismatches and knowing where someone needs to be and that couldn't be understated in that month of february and that's the reason that those Bulls teams look better because their struggles were at the point guard position and guys who you know couldn't you know step up to that kind of role that, that you needed, you know, that kind of IQ role that you needed uh, like Otto Porter Jr. had. So that's, what's going to be huge about uh, going into this year, man, especially with the moves they made at that position.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Otto Porter and the fact that he's a smart player and we talked about it before that the fact that you need the smartest guys in the room to often win a basketball game. And I guess I just want to close on the Bulls' newest addition, Tomas Sadoransky, who has been doing some things over in the FIBA World Cup. We talk about smart players. We talk about guys that are going to help guys like Lowry, Zach Levine. Obviously, Otto Porter was that, but Sadoransky himself is going to be a great addition to the team because of everything we sort of just talked about, the fact that he can play multiple positions, the fact that he's a smart, capable player and knows and understands how to get his teammates involved. But in the world cup for the czech republic it's been more about him being that lead guy we spent the last couple of minutes talking about zach and Lowry being the lead guy of the bulls obviously sadaransky won't be that for chicago but he has been that for his czech side in the world cup and he has been absolutely bawling. so mm-hmm. i just wanted to close on that give him giving him some love because He's taking that Czech Republic team into the second round. He's probably they've probably gone further than what many had hoped they would or expected they would. And he's been absolutely insane in in the World Cup. He's averaging sixteen points, seven assists, almost six rebounds, couple steals, shooting fifty percent from the three. So Mm -hmm. I know he hasn't played a game yet for the Chicago Bulls, Dave. But I wanted to close and just give some hype to. Uh, to Sadoransky because I know he hasn't played a game yet, but I kind of get the feeling that this might be one of the best signings in, during the Golf packs era. Uh, I know I'm going with that maybe a little too early, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of how I feel.
0: Yo, when I saw I, – who was – I think I saw Ricky O'Donnell said this is like the second greatest free agent signing already, <laughs> but like by Thad Young, and I'm like, dude, we had an, we had, we had Paul Gassel's All-NBA. Like, come on now. Like, like, let's not be completely crazy. But I feel you. I feel the excitement, and I get that. Because I was happy when we got him also, because, you know, I, I, I'd watched him, you know what I'm saying? A lot. Like when we watched bulls outsiders, we would get feed from Washington, a lot of Washington games. And he would stand out like all the time. Like, because I, I the point guard is my favorite position. It's my favorite position in basketball. It's like, it's like the quarterback, you know what I mean? And if you have a great point guard, I always think you can win. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're all right. You, you'll at least be in the playoffs because he will outthink your opponent, you know, it's, he'll, he'll play that chess match. And watching Saturansky play, what I liked about him is one, he knows where to be on the floor. Two, he's tall, he understands he's tall, you know, and three, he's not afraid. You know, and he and the angles that he takes to get to the bucket have always impressed me because he understands his shortcomings. Like, okay, I might not have the great, greatest handles in the world. And, you know, I might not have that speed when I'm creating my own shot, but I know how to contort and use my body and take this kind of angle to get to the bucket. And he knows where people are on the court when he's making that move to the bucket. Now, you saw it and I saw, you know, the quick clip that was going around of the, you know, when he dropped 20, what did he had, 27 and five or something like that. And, like, three steals today uh, against playing uh, Felicio's team in Brazil.
1: Yeah, With I that upset should Felicio.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, only mention him just to say it. Like, that's yeah. the last time you're going to hear me say his name. <laughs> no, <please>. fair enough. <laughs> so, playing that team, he made a pass. Everybody was excited about the scoring, but he made a pass. And a pass to the post player that was just the most beautiful pass. And I rewound it, like, six times. And I'm telling people around, I'm telling my friend around me, like, dude, look at that pass. Like, did you see how, did you see that entry pass he just threw him? That is That is great. Like, that is great recognition and the way he put it. Where he put it, all the dude could do was lay it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, he couldn't do anything else but just put it into the bucket. Like, it was that good of a pass. I was like, okay, I see where you're, you're going to fit in with Lori already. Like, you see where he's going to fit in and how he's going to help. And you see, you know how he's going to find guys like Zach and Aldo Porter Jr., you know, and recognize who's open. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's all I've been lacking at a point guard position is, man, can you please recognize who's open on the floor? Can you please recognize mismatches and do those little kind of things? And watching him in Washington do that, and, I mean, he had a – I can't remember if he had two triple-doubles last year, but I, he definitely had, you know, balled out against us if you – Saw that game. He definitely yeah. was killing us. He that game. Both. Oh my goodness, man. He, he was something, man. He was balling out. That's probably when they signed him. Like that yeah. day. They signed him in their head. They were like, he signed. We got him. He's he's going down. So and yeah, I just think he's a very, very good player. And just being the size that he is, you know, makes it easy. Like, okay, play the two. And his basketball IQ and already seems like, you know, I'll do whatever the team needs. Like, you need me to play this? Okay, bet. I'll do that. Okay, you need to play this? Okay, bet. I'll do that. Okay, and I also feel that's good for guys like Kobe White to see, um, cause to because he can help him recognize things on the court. Like that's those are the things I like, man. Like, and again, having Chris Fleming there will also be a help. You know what I'm saying? Let to help him uh, run that offense and do things like that. So he's going to be very, very important. I'm excited to watch him. I really, really am excited to watch him play and the chemistry he develops and who he develops the chemistry with. Because in my head it's gonna be Lori marketing, Uh if it ends up being Widow Carter Jr., I don't have a problem with that at all. If he was Z Zach, cool. But in my head, it's Lori. Just because of Lori's, you know, style, they both have those international games. So they could probably speak a kind of language on the court that the other guys, you know, won't understand. And I don't mean verbally. I just mean a basketball language yeah. that they can speak on the court.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. And like I said, I probably went a little bit early to it. Hopefully, I haven't jinxed it, but I think this signing <laughs> is going to be a damn good one. And uh, yeah. yeah, just a shout out to Sato for what he's doing in the World Cup. It hasn't gone unnoticed. And uh, there isn't too many bulls over there at the moment, but he's one of them. And he's he's been great for the, for the Czech Republic. So I wanted to close on that happy note. Obviously, we had some um, some tough things to talk about at the top, but Dave, I appreciate you coming on, man, and giving me your view. It's like I said from the, from the top. Uh, I I wish I had done this a lot earlier, but I uh, thank you for coming on Bulls HQ and giving me your thoughts. But uh, before you get away, tell the people where they can follow you online. They probably already know anyway, but give it to them one more time.
0: Well, first of all, Mark, thank you for having me on this show, man. I've definitely been a fan of you because I know Fred. So watching <laughs> watching you and Fred go back and forth on Twitter is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait till he puts this jersey on. Oh, if he does it, Dude, the Fred I know is a man of his word. And he keeps saying the end of summer. And the end of summer is like September 21st. So <laughs> he ain't done it by then. I, I personally will get on him. I promise you that. Yeah. I've been silent until then. But y'all yeah, might need some help on that. Yeah. yeah, I got trust me. When after September 21st, I'm on him. I promise you. <laughs> Thanks, I promise man. you. Yes, sir. But um you could definitely check me out uh on our podcast, uh, Ball on Bulls. That's B-A-W-L Ball on Bulls. We you have to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. You know, that's how we say it, like
1: there's no, there's no way I can say it like that. Oh, <laughs> trust
0: me, Everybody <laughs> says that, and then I'm like, just tap into your inner southern person. Like you tap into your inner Avery Johnson. <laughs> trust me, it it will come out, sir. It will come out. But Ball on Bulls, uh you can check us out at ballsports.com. The podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there and follow us on Twitter. At Ballsports, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ballsports. And Chris is at Ballsports1 on Twitter. And our Instagram is also Ballsports. And you can check us out on Bulls Outsiders with myself, my man Matt, and my man John doing Bulls Outsiders uh, this season on NBC Sports Chicago.
1: For sure. I can't wait till you guys are back. And when you guys are back, that means the Bulls basketball is back. And that is not long, actually. It's only a few weeks away it's Bulls fans. So, Dave, I'm looking forward to what you guys, on the outsiders and on ball, what you've got coming up as the season progresses. But, mate, like, again, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate your optimism. The same, t Red Fred. I uh, enjoyed this conversation.
0: Thank you very much, man. Now I'm going to go go up and uh, listen to some Akadaka. <laughs>
1: good, good, good work mate good work but uh, yes, we'll, we'll do it again during the season thanks again
0: appreciate you bro
1: alright Bulls fans so that just about does it for this episode of the show hopefully you enjoyed this one with Big Dave I definitely did he's uh, he was, he's great to have on he's that, that excitement that positive optimism that's what I love him for so thank you for Dave for coming on to Bulls HQ but in the meantime Bulls fans jump online and follow me on Twitter at MK Hoops follow the show Bulls HQ Pod If you've got an email that you want to drop me, I've got a new email for the show. It's bullshqpod at gmail.com. If you've got some suggestions for the show, some ideas for the show, or just want to have a long-form conversation away from Twitter, just drop me an email. I'm happy to do that. But like I said, we're getting closer to the NBA season, which is crazy to think about. Once this World Cup is wrapped up and done, we're literally at training camp and preseason, So not long now, Bulls fans. So we're getting excited about that, I'm sure. I think we all are ready for the Bulls to be back at this point because we know this season is going to be a good one, at least, well, fingers crossed. That's, I won't put the jinx on it. But as the season rolls around, obviously there'll be more episodes of Bulls HQ. So tune in as the shows filter through on all your podcasting apps. Obviously be on the lookout for that online too but thank you for joining me on this episode of the show we'll be back again next week but until then this has been Bulls HQ thank you for listening Bulls fans